What are the top three things we should know about building data teams? I think it's important to know it's a data team, not an individual. Second point to know is if you're having problems with data, with data science, that sort of thing, these problems don't write themselves just on their own. You have to put concerted effort into fixing them. And the third one is that this is all pretty hard. This is difficult stuff. Don't expect and don't go to somebody's case study where they talk about it's all rosy. Welcome to the AI Nerd, AI with Attitude YouTube channel, where I try to make things as unnerdy as possible. Enjoy learning today about the latest trending technology. Welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude, and today I'm joined by Jesse Anderson. He is the Managing Director of Big Data Institute, also an author of Data Teams. He has a podcast called Data Dream Team. Let's meet him and enjoy learning more about data teams today on AI Nerd. Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks again for having me on the podcast. Tell me a little about yourself, your journey. Um, how did you get to coming on the AI Nerd channel? You know, Walk me through a day in the life, if you will. So I do all kinds of things with data. I've, in fact, early on, I didn't realize this would be my profession, but I did my, my specialization in distributed systems. That's what we called it back then. And eventually this distributed systems became big data. And then, then there was that whole AI thing. Everybody globbed onto that. And so we just moved to the next thing of, hey, let's let's see what big data can do with AI. And so in a day in the life for me is working with companies around the world on making sure that their teams are successful and making sure that they're using the right technologies. You're a data nerd, you're an author, you're also an expat. So tell me, you've, you've moved to Lisbon Portugal. Just give me a, the flyby on, on that one a bit. Well, I was looking for places around the world to move. I'd always wanted to live in a different country. And so I looked around and saw, well, there's this place that everybody raves about. It's incredibly safe, incredible wine. Uh, I, before I moved here, I didn't know what the wine tasted like. And now the, the Portuguese wine is just incredible. And it's not just port. There's all kinds of other wine regions. Food's amazing. So if, if you do make it here, there's two things that you need to do. One is a, there's this great uh, pastel or uh, bakery item called uh, pastel de nata. And that's incredible. You have to eat that. You put a little bit of cinnamon on top and it's amazing. Uh, the thing not to do is to not expect or not to think that Spanish is the same thing as Portuguese. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how's your Portuguese going? How's that, how's that coming along? My, I do speak Spanish. Uh, so it, it, it is a, they are similar, but I, you do have to actually understand, hey, there's a few differences between the two languages. Uh, sometimes the word is the same and even pronounced the same. And sometimes the word's completely different. So you certainly can't whine about being there. Jesse, what are the top three things we should know about building data teams? I think it's important to know it's a data team, not an individual. When I wrote data teams, I expanded on, it's called a unified model uh, for the teams. So it's how do you unify something that's pretty difficult across several different individuals. So originally we thought, hey, it's just one individual, data scientist, let it rip and find that person. Well, it turns out you need actually three different teams. You need data scientists, data engineers, and uh, operations people. Second point to know is if you're having problems with data, with data science, that sort of thing, these problems don't write themselves just on their own. 
you have to put concerted effort into fixing them. And the third one is that this is all pretty hard. This is difficult stuff. Don't expect and don't go to somebody's case study where they talk about it's all rosy. It's actually really difficult and it took them perhaps years and they're glossing over some of their difficulties that they have. So definitely be careful there. What are your top three learnings from writing the book, Data Teams? There's several different gut checks that you have along the way. And by gut checks, I mean, oh, you sign it and everything's rosy and you think, oh man, I can really knock this thing out. And then life happens. Uh, the second learning is that you are going to spend far more of that of your time writing that book on an airplane than you might think. Uh, so me as, an, as a consultant, I was going around the world working with companies, but as I look at a chapter, I remember, oh yeah, I wrote that on the flight between Frankfurt and San Francisco. So you can get pretty productive, you can write pretty well. Just know that it's relatively exhausting writing that book. The other biggest learning is that the fun doesn't stop once the book is published. You have two different phases. You have the first phase of writing the book, and then there's this whole second phase of once the book is out there, because the book publishers don't do very much in terms of promotion. Uh, so you are basically, it's up to you to promote that book. It's up to you to do podcasts, to do all sorts of things in order to promote that book. And you have to realize that phase is entirely on you and that's a whole different gut check for authors. Tell me more about your podcast, Data Dream Team. The, the podcast is called Data Dream Team. And what I realized is it was important to continue on some of the work of the book. So in the book, I did these case studies and those case studies will work, were well manu manicured and they kind of went through and said, here's this, here's that but I wanted to continue that, that work. I still wanted people to understand, here is the difficulties people are having, what sorts of data dream team problems they're having, how did they reach that data dream team status? So there's a lot of learnings that I'm trying to share that uh, maybe the original question of why did I write the book? I originally wrote the book because this body of work didn't exist elsewhere. So I was creating this body of work in the book and I'm continuing to create that body of work with the podcast so that this knowledge is surfaced so people actually know about this. If you go to dreamteam.soda.io, that's the location for the podcast. It's on the other places as well, the usual places. Star Wars versus Star Trek versus Marvel. Defend it. There's no question. Um, so I was I would add the Marvel comic book universe into this discussion as well. As soon as you start doing time travel, all bets are off in terms of any cohesion or any sort of your story making sense anymore. Uh, you can explain it away with any sort of phenomenon. But Star Trek moving around in time is, is or Marvel comic book too. I'm sorry, you lost me. It just, there's, there's too much suspension of disbelief at that point. So definitely Star Wars. It, it, you probably can't see it on the camera, but I've got my Star Wars action figures over there. There's no, there's no Star Trek action figures. Okay, Star Wars. I get it. I'm, I'm on Star Wars as well. Dark side versus light side. So as many times as I played Knights of the Old Republic, I almost always end up on the light side, even though the force powers on the dark side are so much better. If you've ever played that game, you can do electrocution on the dark side, you can do force choke, you can, 
it's like the, they said, okay, light side, you get these crappy powers that I'm going to, you can be light, but you get to push people and you get to do, you know, pretty wimpy things like that. But dark side, you get to kill people in various ways. What are the best gaming franchises of all time on PC? Red Dead Redemption, definitely. Civilization series was amazing. Uh, Command and Conquer series, Doom, that was amazing. Solitaire, <laughs> can't forget Solitaire. What's one thing a company should never do? With regards to data teams, they should never just say, we're gonna hire a data scientist and they're gonna do it all. That's the number one way that you will find yourself stuck in a hole, having lots of problems. It is just the path to the dark side. What's one thing a company should always do? You have to get your ratios right. You absolutely have to get your ratios right. So usually companies will say, okay, read your book, read your writing, Jesse, thank you. We understand data engineering. Okay, now we've hired a data engineer for our 20 different data scientists. That's, you can't do that either. You have to hire, you have to keep your ratio right. So the ratio is inverted. It's one data scientist to anywhere from two to five data engineers. So you have far more data engineers than you do have data scientists. So do keep your ratios right. Do keep your ratios sane. Otherwise you will continue to experience problems. Drop some wisdom. What's the top lesson you could give to an entrepreneur or someone trying to write a book? Sure, so this one's to the people who want to be entrepreneurs out there or they want, they're in the midst of making a difficult decision. The issue with making a difficult decision is not getting people's opinions. It's getting so many opinions and sifting through people's opinions. So you can find a ton of opinions on everything. What's really difficult is going through and hearing everybody's opinion but then trying to weed out either their bias in the data or how their opinion or how their experience is different than what you're asking for. For example, if you come to me and you say, Jesse, I have this and that problem, I'm going to answer you from probably more of an enterprise because I deal with a lot of enterprises. But if you're a 10 person startup and you didn't say that ahead of time, I'm going to give you advice that isn't as relevant. So. As you're asking for advice, make sure that you give enough background to say, this is where I'm at, so that you can then get a response that's somewhat sane. And then at least from there, you'll get, okay, I've sifted through the responses. Now I can go through and create the, the my decision. But that decision is, making those decisions is really difficult. It is shameless plug time, Jesse. Please drop your shameless plug. How do we get a hold of you? Who should get a hold of you and where? Go. So the the biggest place if you're doing just one thing out of this, go to datateams.io. That's where you can buy the, the book. Uh, there's the link to Amazon right there. There's the link to Apress right there who published the book. There's some extras on there, some videos that I did. Uh, you can even sign up and you can get another another case study I did on Proteo. So I've, I've done quite a bit with the extras. So do avail yourself of that. Uh, the other thing is, if you want to talk to me on LinkedIn, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just say that you were listening to this podcast so that I am able to segregate out and keep out the people who are just there to sell me some crap. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jesse T. Anderson. I, every so often I tweet about things, but 
by and large, if, if you've got a problem with your data teams, please do avail yourself of these things. I, I wrote these books, I have spent this time researching so that people quit getting stuck, quit under either getting stuck and underperforming or just abject failure. So please don't do that. Uh, uh, perhaps the other thing to plug is my YouTube channel. On there, I describe and explain how pretty complicated distributed systems, things, and using Legos and playing cards. So as far as who I'm targeting, you're asking about who, who, should, who should it be. What was missing was stuff for managers. So data teams is written entirely for managers. It's not uh, this deep technical prose. It is written specifically for managers so that you can understand this. So the, it, should you find that you need more, even more help than that, uh, we do at Big Data Institute, we do mentoring. And so this mentoring is comes from my time having both consulted and trained over many years and realizing I can come in and spend two days with your team. You're probably not going to be successful. You can come in and train for two days. You're still not going to be successful with big data. What you can do is you can be together for a long haul. So we generally mentor companies for 12 months. And over that period of 12 months, it's a mix of the organizational side and the technical side so that they get on the right path. So it's how is your team set up? Oh, your team needs to be set up this, this, this way. And so that if you, if you are experiencing those sorts of problems, if you are at a company where you have a team that's either idle or stuck or whatever, we'd love to help you. Jesse, thank you so much for joining today. I enjoyed uh, talking with you and thank you so much for coming on the AI Nerd, AI with Attitude YouTube channel. I hope you learned something today. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe, turn on the notifications, give it a like, drop a comment below, and follow us on our social media pages. AI Nerd, AI with Attitude.